0: Are you wanting to heal your relationship? Or maybe you're not sure, but you'd like to explore the idea, and that's led you to this podcast. I'm Morgan Robinson, and my husband Brad is an international affair recovery expert. Together, we founded Marriage Solutions, a multi-location group marriage counseling private practice devoted exclusively to helping couples heal and rebuild their relationship to stronger than ever before. In fact, we're the best-reviewed couples therapists in the Midwest. Check us out at MyMarriageCheckup.com.
1: And so what boundaries are is really just a protective fence around that primary relationship around your marriage. It's to it's keep in what's good and to keep out the bad. Welcome to today's
0: podcast. I'm Morgan Robinson.
1: And I am Brad Robinson.
0: And we are very happy to be here with you today. We hope that you're having a wonderful summer so far. And today we're going to talk about boundaries. Boundaries, how to establish them what they are, Mm -hmm. why you need them and why you need the boundaries. So Brad, tell us a little bit about the boundaries and what's necessary with boundaries in your relationship in in infidelity.
1: Okay. That's a great question, Morgan. Uh, I guess boundaries are necessary in the sense that affairs only happen because there's the opportunity for them to happen. And so sometimes if we have good boundaries in place, There's not really opportunity for the affair to occur. And so that's why, you know, boundaries are important. Because every component with every affair that I've worked with has been a result of poor boundaries. It's been sharing things that are reserved for the primary relationship or your marriage. And they've been shared with a third party, you know an outside person and so what boundaries are is really just a protective fence around that primary relationship around your marriage it's it's to keep in what's good and to keep out the bad around where we live we have a lot of dogs neighbor's dogs and the fences are a way to keep some somebody's dog from you know getting into your yard crapping on your yard and you walking in it and that's literally what boundaries are like in the real world Uh, in relationships is it keeps out the dog crap Mm -hmm. so you don't have to walk in it and so so basically affairs are always about poor boundaries you know we've talked about how there's issues in the primary relationship or in the marriage things like that but it's always a result of poor boundaries and the ultimate end of poor boundaries is going to be affairs that's the ultimate poor boundary
0: so poor boundaries is a, a large part of how affairs happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, we've talked before about, you know, it's usually the one the one who has the affair often felt rejected first, you know, felt unwanted, felt like they couldn't communicate their needs, didn't know how. We even went to, into the type of childhood that they have, you know, their thought process on different things. They often have resentment about the relationship, but if there's healthy boundaries in place, you can have all those things, but there's a good chance you're not gonna have infidelity occur. Because of those other things, it often leads to poor boundaries too, because you don't care as much. Let me say that differently. Like, because you're burnt out, because you felt rejected, because you don't feel like you can get your needs met with your primary relationship or with your spouse, you often don't have healthy boundaries because of that. You know, like you, you feel like, well, I'm not getting it met here. I'm going to have harmless flirtation with some stranger or some waitress or some coworker or someone at the bar andbecause I gonna at least want to feel desirable and wanted. And so we'll try to get it that way. And so, so basically, Morgan, one of the key things with poor boundaries is You know, honestly, it really involves around flirtation. There's nothing wrong with being friendly, kind, or warm. But sometimes when we're too friendly, it can appear like we're being flirtatious. A lingering look, hug, touch, topics of conversation, revealing information about ourselves, all of that can reveal or can communicate, I'm interested in you. You know, I'm not just being friendly with you, but I have a distinct interest in you. And that's where being friendly can morph into flirtation. And nothing wrong with being friendly, warm, kind, all of that. You need to be that kind of person because that's who people like. We all like people who are friendly and kind and good listeners. But when it crosses into this other, other, you know, you go over the, realm, you know, you cross over the fence into lingering looks lingering eye contact, touch, inappropriate conversations, revealing too much about yourself. All of that can uh, communicate to someone, I'm open. I'm open to you. I'm interested in you. I find you desirable. I find you appealing. And so those are, you know, those are really important.
0: Yeah. And what you're saying kind of makes me think about my personal situation, right? So like, when I go and, and have friendships or friend, you know, I'm friendly with people at church or, you know, at, out at work or out and about. You know, I, I think it's important to keep in mind who you're talking to and and how you're coming across. Like I, I might um, hug one person and I don't hug another person because mm-hmm. there's just you know, you get a vibe. You, there's there's, you know, you just want to protect the boundaries and so that lingering eye contact the smiling you know i think is okay but that lingering eye contact i find is is a real important key uh to to keeping those boundaries which i, I don't know if that's really the case for everyone because you don't want to look like you aren't very confident mm-hmm. i mean that's kind of there's a boundary yeah, but there. there's
1: yeah well there's a natural or a fine line yeah there's a natural kind of you meet somebody and you Talking to them, and then they continue to gaze into your eyes. You know uh, that communicates I'm open, I'm available. It's something that you do when you're single and you're kind of fishing around for, you know, or searching for someone. It's not something that you do when you're in a committed relationship.
0: And I think you get that vibe. You typically will think, um, something's off about this particular contact with this person. I think, I think you get that impression don't you think
1: tell me help me understand what you're saying
0: well i mean if it's if it's something like that if they're leaning towards um something more than just a friendly you're communicating you're talking with them you would get you would pick up on that you would pick up on their intention mm-hmm. wouldn't you
1: yeah i think you would i think some people would you know when you're sending these vibes of flirtation and that's kind of what really flirtation is, is being too friendly it's not just friendliness. There's nothing wrong with being friendly, warm, kind, good listener. It's being too friendly that sends the message to the other person that I am open and receptive to you, that I'm kind of interested in you, you know? And everybody wants to feel wanted and everybody wants to feel desired. It's a core basic human need. And when we don't feel that in our primary relationship, that's often where we're more susceptible to someone else's advances. You know know their too friendliness of their flirtation,
0: and I think um the things that you talk about I, I think would be mm-hmm. a real indicator, like if they start to tell you a bit too much about the relationship or a bit too much of their personal life i mean that's that's probably even more of an indicator than like eye contact. What do you think?
1: Morgan, I think it kind of depends on the situation, but I think all of those things are important because they just send the key thing is. You know, when you're flirting with somebody, or you, you're too friendly, you know, beyond the point of just being friendly, but you're getting into that f- into that line of flirtation. You know, you're really sending the message, "I'm open to you." And so, all of those, yeah, lingering eye contact, the, conver- the you know, the conversation, all of that, the little touches on the shoulder yeah, or yeah. the arm, yeah, the hugging, all of that, even talking about your relationship. Because I can't tell you the number of people I've worked with who had an affair just talking about how miserable they were in their relationships. Like, all of those things. You have to protect your marriage. And all of those things kind of communicate just flirtation.
0: You know, in past episodes we've said if the person that we're befriending that we're talking to knows more about our love life and our relationship than our spouse does or if they even if you're sharing more about your day with them your inner, world. your inner world with them than you do your spouse then that's a good indicator that you're stepping over the line. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, I think
1: that would be perfect to say that. And so, you know, basically just wanted to talk about boundaries. That's a huge subject and you'd think you know, this, I don't know how far we are in this now, but you would think we would have talked about this a lot earlier because it's so important.
0: I think we've hinted at it. We've, we've talked around it, but now we're just like addressing it head on.
1: Yeah. And boundaries are huge. You have to have good boundaries and you have to have good boundaries as a part of the healing process because, you know, if you're going to recover from this and work through it and you can, it's totally possible. I've worked with tons of people who thought they were beyond the point of, of any sort of help. In fact, that's pretty much where everybody sees themselves when they're beginning this journey. They, they see themselves as, as like the worst couple ever, and they see themselves as, you know, not really able to do it. And they, they may believe, well, I know this other couple over here could work through it. I just don't think we can do it. You know, we don't have what it takes. And I'm telling you, you have what it takes to work through this. Part of this though is you got to get good help. You got to work with the best when it comes with this because this is you know if you're going to get brain surgery or heart surgery, you want to get the best brain surgeon or heart surgeon possible. And we've talked about retreats. we still have retreats uh, that we do. Uh, if you've already done therapy, it's a good way to continue the progress that you've made in counseling. Uh, so you want to register for this because it's going to be extremely helpful. And rebuilding your relationship.
0: Okay, so go to healingbrokentrust.com and register now. Have a great week, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, have you booked your retreat yet? Make sure to go to healingbrokentrust.com for more information and call 918-281-6060 to book your retreat today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Healing Broken Trust podcast. As always, this information is for education and entertainment purposes only.